What's good? Welcome to Tea for Lunch, a weekly show powered by Arcade. Each week, we'll serve you the top stories we're following in social media, entertainment, celebrity, and tech in 15 minutes or less. You can catch the show live on Instagram on Thursdays, which is today, at about 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which we're three minutes late, not too bad. Or on all podcast providers and YouTube on Fridays. We're your hosts this week, Mike and... Benjamin. And it's Agua for lunch today. Yeah. Happy Thursday. Cheers. Cheers to a happy Thursday water break. It's too hot for tea <laughs> today. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like yeah, a high of 34 or something? It probably will be pretty soon. I, I mean, you can never tell on camera or and especially not on a podcast, but just trust us that today is hot. Spicy. <laughs> it's it's hot and my air conditioning, which was newly installed this spring, just keeps not working. Uh-oh. It works and then it doesn't. No. The craziest thing to me is that there can be ice buildup on an air conditioning unit outside when it's really hot like this. Oh. Because I, I think that's the problem. Really? Yeah. That the ice is building up, so that's why it's not working. Yeah. Isn't and isn't that like counterintuitive? Like that ice would build up in thirty four degrees? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't know anything about AC. <laughs> I'm trying to know just so I can figure out how to make it work, but well, you can, crash, right you can now. crash at mine if it's too hot. Okay. But just you, no one else. <laughs> Maybe Timo, because he sleeps in the okay, sure. in the, top the boys. Floor. The boys can come over. It's just been a little toasty up there. <laughs> My room's survivable. Sweet. What's, what's been going on lately? I just got back from a quick little vacay in Montreal, in Montreal. Um, so shout out Montreal. It's it's Shelly. humid there. It is. Yeah, I like it. That's one thing that we don't have to deal with as much is humidity. Right. When it's I, 30 degrees and humid, that's mm, a lot to deal with. Yeah, but I'm from Panama, so yeah, true. Like I'm wearing a, <laughs> I'm wearing a toque today. Yeah, a beanie. I'm from Sarnia, Ontario. Okay. So, hmm? Probably humid there. Yeah. Um anything cool in your week? Next week I'm going to Vancouver. Oh, let's go. Yeah, with the fam. We're going to nice. have fun. Yeah, my kids are off daycare for a couple of weeks for summer break. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. putting Elena in a soccer camp. Her grandpa used, is a, like, used to be a FIFA certified coach. Right. He's been doing kids That's soccer sick. camps for like 25 years. So she's going to join that with her Is cousin. she going to be, become like a soccer girly? To be determined. She's, more, she's like kind of sensitive, maybe more artistic. Mm. But she claims she wants to do it and she definitely okay. likes to win. Yeah, okay. So there's that's a chance. A pain, that's a pain thing. I'm saying there's a chance. Okay, cool. Yeah, and she's got Exciting. a decent kick for a four, almost five-year-old. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah, Okay. see what happens. I'll go to a game if, she, yeah. if she's good. No, I'm kidding. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go to a game. <laughs> I think it's more likely for Timo, but we'll see. Give her a shot. Sweet. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Take us through the sip. All right. First up, um, it's time for the sip, your weekly rundown of the top stories happening in social media. So get ready. I'm Number ready. one. YouTube is updating profile bios to allow up to 14, not one, not two, not three, 14 links. The update will be visible to users by August 23rd. A web version for threads along with new search options are confirmed to be coming in the next couple weeks. Uh, Threads also has new features rolling out, including sharing directly to Instagram DMs and alt text for photos and videos. The 10 minute recording option on TikTok is back Honestly, I never knew it was gone. <laughs> I got to be on there maybe a little more, but I never knew. But welcome back, 10-minute recording option on TikTok. Um, and some users are reporting Instagram removing story types except for text, GIFs, birthday, and memory stories. We had a whole conversation before this about whether it's GIF or GIF. Yeah, I, I thought most people said 
GIF. I think most people still do. It's like something that people are stubborn about. Yeah, but you have a whole science behind it. Do you want (laughs) to explain why? Harrison's in the producer seat, but he's like, give me that damn mic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's GIF um, just because of how the English language works and uh, also because the... (laughs) The founder, I don't know if you call it the founder, the discoverer, the the person who introduced the acronym, he says that that's how you say it, is yeah. Jif. What if he's but, wrong? I mean, there's a chance he's wrong. I mean, <laughs> AI could be taking over very soon and AI may just True. make the decision for us. So, chat GBT, what's, what's good? Yeah. Are you, do you still use GIFs? GIFs? <laughs> um, I think people do in like messaging, right? Do you use them though? Not as frequently as some. Mm. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't really use them. But I guess they're they're relevant enough that like Instagram would remove a bunch of story types and keep those on. I guess. Are you a fan? I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think to me. stories, if it's gonna live anywhere, stories is the place for it to live. Right. You know? Because mm. it's just less polished. But true. Anyways. Anything else in the sip that stands out? I'm just trying to ignore the comments on my phone because I feel like people might be coming for me about the GIF thing, the GIF <laughs> thing. But um yeah, the couple things stood out. One, I want to know if you're using thread still. Uh, my last post on threads was at the airport in Montreal when I saw somebody wearing flip-flops at the gate that I was waiting at. And I was just like, what? Mm-mm. No flip-flops at the airport, please. That brings back it's some trauma like, for me because one time I was on a flight and I had the window seat and there was like a, a much older lady next to me. Yeah, I don't know why the age is that relevant, except that she started to take off her socks. No, and then <laughs> no, please. I thought Keep it couldn't get worse. It, like it, they were like older person feet, and uh, they weren't like really smelly, but you could catch a bit of a a whiff. But then it got worse because she pulled out nail clippers. Oh no! And she literally started trimming her toenails on the plane next to me. Why? I wasn't. I if it was anyone younger, I would have thought that I was fully getting trolled. But it just <laughs> to her, it just seemed very normal. Maybe you did get trolled. Maybe you you went viral on some platform. Maybe and, it's possible. And you're it's just like your reaction of like <laughs> this possible. lady clipping her toenails. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. really need those flashbacks. But here we are. Okay. You. But yeah, Threads is interesting. I feel like a lot of people stopped using it a few weeks after it launched, and uh, now they're kind of frantically rolling out Thread or uh, new new features. Right. I am excited about a desktop version though, because I think mm. like the app is user friendly and it's nice to just push something straight to Instagram if you want to. Yeah. So you'd still use the mobile version, but I think right. like a lot of people, especially like content creators and like journalists and like people like that, I assume would be using the desktop version of Twitter a lot. And mm-hmm. they probably want to have a kind of similar content creation process for right. threads, right? So, yeah, I wasn't a big Twitter guy, but when I did kind of scroll through, it was on desktop. Yeah. 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 And there's like all the other Twitter platforms that you could use, like TweetDeck to like monitor different like hashtags and like have different content streams and stuff. And those right. are all desktop based platforms. So I think it's worth it. Yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, for sure. So the first story for today, um, did you see that Mia died? Yeah. Sad. Is that how you say her name? Shocking. Mia? Yeah, Mia. Mia Star. Mia Star. She was a star. Nah. We're really gonna miss her. Rip. Yeah, she was a good friend to all of us, <laughs> but and she was here not long enough. Yeah. It was gone a, too time soon. time moves fast, but mm-hmm. um we're really gonna miss her. If you haven't fallen down this TikTok <laughs> rabbit hole, we'll catch you up. Basically, there's a new immersive murder mystery game coming out called Who Killed Mia. She is not, in fact, a real person. Um, and what's interesting about it is the way that the game is being marketed on social. Companies 
and users and influencers and celebrities are posting pretty obviously paid partnerships, um, but their videos promoting the game by acting like a real influencer was actually murdered at a recent awards show. So game players can look at the Mia Star social media pages to beat the game, find the answer. Um, and there's even companies like Diet Prada that have posted promotions for the game. But um, since the marketing is being done in a way to feel real, lots of the users on social are confused in the comments and just wondering, like, is this person actually real? What's happening? Is this a stunt? And I think because we're hot off even just like how integrated Barbie's marketing was mm -hmm. across social media and all different contexts, and it felt like real life in a way, right. um, people are just getting a little bit confused. Yeah. Yeah. I, somebody brought this up um, on Slack yesterday. And everybody was like, what? What's going on? And so when I check this out on TikTok, it does kind of feel real, actually, the the paid like posts, the yeah. ads, um, because they're coming from a lot of like TikTokers who do kind of report on entertainment news. Right. And so some of them even include like the first two pieces of the video include real news. And then the third one is like, and then finally, <laughs> Mia. Like, how did this happen? So unexpected, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and then everybody in the comments is like, wait, who's Mia? What happened to Mia? And then there's just this whole kind of back right. and forth, which is smart. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought of something like that for a game. It kind of sounds like a fun game, to mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah, murder mystery. I actually would love to work with a, a game. Like, that would be a cool client. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It would be cool. Because like, especially like board games or even murder mysteries, I feel like those are like almost timeless. Yeah. And to be coming out with a new one is really interesting at this time in 2023. Yeah. And the way that it works is that you have to go on her like, on the, her socials to find out like clues and learn how she I actually like that. left. So I feel like more TV and like entertainment needs to market that way. Like not just because of Barbie. And I feel like Barbie was just like they spent a lot of money and they just had the power. But like even for like an indie TV show, it'd be so cool to just like bring it to life on social media a little bit more. Yeah. More like integrated. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just posting clips of the episodes, you know? There's Agreed. So, there's so much more that you could do. Agreed. Well, cool. that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh next, Illinois has become the first state. To regulate kid influencers, I I want to call them kid influencers. Is that wrong? No, I feel like I've is that a that thing? Before. Okay, cool. Because if mom influencers are mom influencers, then right. Okay, kid influencers. So basically, the the new law aims to ensure kids are compensated for appearances in social media videos. Um, the law adds kids on social media to the state's child labor law. And this means that kids under 16 are compensated within a 30-day period if they are in at least 30% of a video or online content where the adult creator is being paid. I don't know how you measure, but that sounds interesting already. Um, the person making the video will be responsible for setting aside gross earnings in a trust account for the child, and then they will receive that account um, at the age of 18. The law will go into effect January 1st of next year. Um, and then we also had other uh, people talking about this in the article. A professor from University of Alabama, Jessica Maddox, she studies digital media and social media platforms and culture, including influencers. She called the legislation in Illinois long overdue. Um, and she also noted that she hopes that future legislation passed by Illinois um, or other states includes additional provisions like allowing a person at, at age 18 to petition to have content of themselves removed from social platforms 
you know, if they wish to do so. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, yes, long overdue. There's a lot of people, like a lot of parents who have benefited from their kids' kind of personality and their talents or, yeah, just kind of their energy online. But the kid doesn't know really what that means. Yeah. I feel like especially on YouTube, like it's on all social channels, but especially on YouTube, I feel like there's some kind of like cringy parent exploitation of kids in like even content that goes viral. Like the stuff that I'm thinking of is like just videos of kids playing with toys together, you know? Sure. And like lots of kids seem to like watching that, Mm -hmm. kind of like watching people play video games, you know, like live streaming. But um, I don't know. It's just like, it's just a weird invasive way to create content with your kids. Right. I feel like lately we've had, there's been more discourse about like kids and youth mental health from browsing content mm-hmm. on social, which is I think an important conversation. Of course. But also equally important is their involvement, like children's involvement in content creation, which is more what this is addressing. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's long overdue too. And it's also you want to just like give a little bit of the responsibility to parents to like set boundaries and like have a, have an opinion about um, how they want to protect their children. But I don't know, some humans just like aren't, they don't think straight. No. You know? Yeah. And so, especially when they're making a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's good. It sounds kind of like it'll end up being mostly enforced by the child as they get older. Like there's nothing, there's nothing pushing for this to actually happen like from external parties yeah it basically just equips the child once they turn 18 to like assess their childhood and what kind of content they were in and what their parents if their parents compensated them and then decide if they want to like take legal action and this equips them to do that if they want to yeah well i think it's cool i think it definitely will create a ripple effect into protecting kid flincers and then making sure that parents are being good parents yeah yeah just be good parents come on (laughs) <laughs> Come on now. So finally, could ChatGPT be your company's new content moderator? Aside from generating content, ChatGPT's creators, OpenAI, are now testing it as a content moderator to enforce company content policies. Right now, most companies use Teams to moderate content, teams of real people, right. on their social media and e-commerce platforms. Like Meta, for example, they have, a te- they have teams all around the world of like real content moderators. Right. There is some algorithmic level of content review, but then there's always manual reviews as mm-hmm. well. Um, so now ChatGPT4 is being tested to police content itself without human involvement. Um, how it would work would be that companies would feed GPT4 their content policy. Um, you'd then test how it performs with sample content and make edits and kind of um, fine-tune things as needed. This all refines the system so that it can flag problematic content on its own. And the OpenAI team says that this feature would allow companies to reduce their content policy development process from months to hours, and it would reduce the need to have humans do the moderating. Which is very interesting. Even um, I think OpenAI specifically, um, I believe this was in the article, faced a lot of criticism because they had used human teams around the world to moderate a lot of the early GPT content for right. like sexually explicit stuff and things that would be sensitive or like racist or problematic in some way. And a lot of the people that were hired for that ended up coming out later saying they felt traumatized because it was such like gruesome content. Yeah. So Yeah, that's heavy. I mean, I would 
hate to have that job, first of all. Yes. And second, um, I mean, I think if we can reduce trauma in any way, especially coming from the workplace, then this is a good thing. Although, obviously, the the sensitivity around like AI kind of backfiring, I guess, is always is always on the top of my mind. Right. And just like how how we can make sure to keep because emotions and um, the, I guess the human part of it will still come into effect because somebody has to be feeding these policies and then creating parameters around how the communication, like the AI communication works around those policies. So yeah, I feel like the, at least initially it'll be for like really big platforms, like the metas of the world Mm -hmm. or like X or, or threads or, you know, all these social channels. Right. Um, where a lot of people in like high quantities and volumes are posting content that needs to be moderated to a centralized feed. And I think a lot of those platforms already kind of face some criticism for bias and like um, lack of freedom of speech or like having an agenda, whether it's political or whatever. Right. Um, Because one of the things that Elon Musk wanted to get rid of with like the policy, like communication policies and content, like moderations on Twitter now, X, um, but yeah, there was a lot of like biases found yeah. in the, on the platform. Exactly, and that's with humans involved, right. right? So the question then is like, could AI be less have less of a bias? Could it be more like neutral and just be about the specific policy? But then the fear with AI that everyone has been talking about is like, if like you said, if it turns on us someday, you know, so. Um, the question that needs to be asked if AI was to get too powerful and start to have an agenda or a bias of its own and it had full control over content moderation, then like it could really repress communication. Right. You know, you got to go back to handwritten letters and messages in the bottle and smoke signals. <laughs> Sounds lit. Carrier pigeons. Can you make a fire? Oh, yeah, I can make yeah? a fire. Okay. What I can't do is write cursive anymore, I don't think. Yeah, cursive was kind of my go-to when I was little. Like that's all I was ta- taught until I moved over here, and then I was like, "Oh, okay." Print. Yeah, I feel like I could for a long time. Like that's what I did in school too. But then just after that, I just went reverted back to printing. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know. Just to make it legible. I feel like half of us can't even write on with pen and paper anymore. That's true. <laughs> but maybe ChatGPT couldn't recognize cursive then. Ha. Take that. I mean, neither can I. <laughs> Try reading my dad's cursive. No. That's a whole other challenge. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Now that we've wet your palate, go eat something more substantial. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.